Welcome to the Persuasion Lab podcast. I'm Martin Medeiros, expert negotiator. Unfortunately, the world isn't made to your specifications in all ways at all times, which means you need to be able to communicate your wants and needs so you can get them met. I'm here to teach you the tools and strategies so that you can do exactly that. Stay tuned after the episode for more information about the fully outfitted Digital Persuasion Lab or head over to thepersuasionlab.com to get started. Hi, this is Martin Medeiros and today I'm going to talk about a question that has come up today in a person asking with, for help on trying to persuade employees to get vaccinated and for the COVID-19 vaccine. And why isn't it working? Why hasn't the administration been more successful? Why haven't you know, state and local leaders been more successful? And this is uh, ideology neutral. So if you indeed want a person to get vaccinated when they have a very uh, uh, low risk tolerance, uh, they don't believe it. It may it is safe. Uh, we just got FDA approval, I believe, for the Pfizer vaccine. And so, how does one go about persuading them? And can we even persuade? The typical way that people get frustrated and they say, "Let's mandate it." And who knows if these clips are accurate? There are. Uh, pictures of people mandating vaccines, holding kids, taking them out of parents' arms, all this drama. I don't know if those are real or just deep fakes on the internet. But what I do know is that people don't change their position unless they self-identify with that position. And that's the, the key. How do you self, get people to self-identify? If people are declarative of something in public and they say, I don't believe in the vaccine, it's experimental or I'm healthy, I'm not in a risk category. And if they make the declaration in public, they're much less likely to step off that. And this is the concept of consistency. People are very uh, reticent or uh, very cautious about seeming inconsistent. Why? Because we don't like dealing with random inconsistent people and they don't like dealing with random inconsistent people. And moreover, inconsistency is something we avoid and we want to show that we're consistent, we're reliable. And if I take a position, no matter how extreme or crazy, in a public forum, I will double down on that more often than not. Ego, pride, all these things come into play. I don't know uh, the science behind concepts of ego and pride per se, but generally it's it's consistency and that is a well-established um, persuasive technique. So how do we get people from standing on the podium saying, declaring something that we may think, hey, logically, that makes no sense. How do we do that? Well, you have to bifurcate the problem. I think uh, this problem more precisely deals with having people understand 
the logic secondarily. So facts and data and logic, self, even self-preservation is not persuasive here. What is persuasive is the other mechanism, social proof. Social proof in this dynamic is a counteraction to the um, group of uh, consistency, to fight consistency. We want to use social proof because peer pressure, for want of a better word, will nudge people in a direction. It may not uh, uh, persuade the most adamant, but what it will do is nudge them in that direction. So how does social proof work in this context? What we want to do is we don't want to have social proof uh, for people who are at low risk uh, because the um, way to reverse the pandemic, I think, will be very targeted at different groups using different persuasive techniques. And if you can identify these different techniques and you can target the group, for example, your high risk categories, um, those with inflammatory issues or respiratory issues, um, BMIs that are high. These are people in high risk categories. Uh, certainly if you're in an older age, with uh, one of these inflammatory response uh, conditions, health conditions, you are at high risk. So what do you do? How do you use social proof? You find people in these communities and you basically have them describe their experience of getting the vaccine. Uh, if these people identify with different communities, uh, it can be by um, location. It, can, it doesn't have to be by health. So the, the health factors, I and I'm not a doctor, and nothing I say is legal or medical advice, uh, but we do have doctors on the podcast. You want to find uh, that risk group to target it as a high-risk group that these people really need this persuasive push. And that's the group. It doesn't mean that, oh, find people who are in that risk group. No, find people who the people you're targeting in that risk group have as a social network. Once in that social network, you can use the idea of, again, social proof, having people describe their experience with the vaccine, how it helped them. What doesn't work, which is in the media, is what I call um, horror stories from the uh, the edge. I think it may work with a certain percent of the population. In other words, uh, we have uh, a daily story of someone saying, I wish I had gotten vaccinated earlier. And then they end up sadly uh, losing their lives. And almost every day on media outlets, you hear a story of this person who was publicly against the vaccine. Yeah, these are, some of them are uh, radio announcers and stuff like that. And then they succumb to the virus as should have told you, that's not persuasive. What is persuasive is in the case of the uh, talk show host, if fellow talk show hosts or people they associate with, I'm assuming that they would have a network there said, hey, um, did the vaccine, didn't hurt, it's a good, uh, I'm using my personal autonomy to lower my personal risk given all the data we have now on it. And I'm willing to take that risk in order to uh, save myself and 
uh, stop the variance because I just don't want to do that personally. Now, notice what I didn't say. Uh, there are lots of groups that, that say, do it for the community, do it as a selfless act, not persuasive. Uh, doing it for community, guilting, shaming, not so much a persuasive thing. Social proof may lead to some type of shaming, but it's, it's more of, I want to do what everyone in my social network is doing. And once that persuasive thing is made, um, that's the way it is. Blunt force saying you have to do it, even for employees, uh, you have to do this, uh, not going to work. A better approach, well, what if, if social proof doesn't work? Um, if, you, if I'm an employer and I have, uh, you know, number one, of course, management has to lead by example. They should get vaccines. If I'm in a high contact place, a meatpacking plant, assembly line, uh, something that, it, you know, has a fairly high risk of transmission, what I want to then do is gear it towards one-on-one, -on -one, small groups, uh, what we talk about in other episodes of empathic listening. What are your concerns? What are the risks? And then you have to actually map a dialogue that's persuasive based on empathy uh, in this score, not based on you have to do it or I'll terminate you. Well, what if that's a really good worker? Um, what if the line people are working or walking, excuse me, in today's employment environment is good workers are very hard to find. It's very hard to get people uh, to do many, many tasks. Right now in our current economy, uh, unemployment is pretty low for post-pandemic, but demand for jobs is through the roof. Uh, restaurants are closing early. Landscapers are walking away from business. Um, house painters aren't able to uh, get enough people per unit time to get those houses painted. Um, I know that's a personal story, by the way. <laughs> so it's a landscaping one. But at the end of the day, we've got to figure out this line as employers. How do we get people to stay, not chuck them out the door because of vaccine mandate, but actually get them to be vaccinated. Paying them lotteries, limited effect. What will work is this empathy, this one-on-one -on -one empathy. And you do not have to do this if you're the CEO to your you know, 70, 100, or 10,000 employees or 100,000 employees. What you need to do is basically train your management staff in the art of persuasion in order to make them take a step towards that vaccination. So today I talked about this question that's come up again and again, how do we persuade people to get the vaccination for COVID-19, the SARS variant of COVID-19? And that of course is we simply use social proof on a macro scale figure out what networks the holdouts are and have people in those networks show them, tell stories of how the vaccine helped them, even though they were in that peer group. Uh, secondarily, 
we want to do the empathic statement, the one-on-one, -on -one, or if the case of the one-to-many where you train your management staff to have one-on-one -on -one discussions with the five unvaccinated holdouts in their departments. And that's the way to get higher compliance. So we reduce the virility of this vaccine uh, to the extent we can at this point in time before a lot of variants start mutating and viruses love to mutate. So remember that in this case, demands, uh, coercion is not going to work. This is a persuasive play. And I am talking right now to politicians and candidates on how to be persuasive in tackling this uh, technique, because assuming data, logic, and rational behavior is the first mistake, we've got to use the subtle science of persuasion. Thank you for joining me on this episode of the Persuasion Lab. And if you are not in a high risk group, please do get vaccinated. Thank you.